The winter of 2016, I thought I had lost it all. I was emotionally unstable, a hot mess, weak, mentally clouded, tired, and over everything. I was 24 years old, unemployed, an advertising and marketing dropout from Durham College, living with my ex and his family that became my family forever, and I'm always grateful for them. They loved and cared for me as their own and still do. I started living with them when I was about 19 or 20 years old, I believe. That year, all the problems and issues that I ignored came right back with a vengeance. And of course, what did it do? You guessed it. The bitch sucker punched my face so hard, all of my issues fell into my lap. For years, I wasn't on speaking terms with any of my family members. I had blocked and unfollowed every single person that was related to me. That was already a huge issue that I had on my back. I was unhappy, but me being stubborn, I refused to ever have been the first one to make the move and apologize for my actions and my cruel words. I'm sorry. 2016 was labeled the worst year of my life. I hated that bitch. I gained a couple of new problems for sure. (sighs) The relationship I knew for almost 10 years of my life that started in grade 10 was done. Mentally, we thought we were adults, but in reality, we were just babies. It was great in the beginning, but we both came from hurt. When we were good, we were good. When we were bad, it was hell. Our communication skills sucked. We would both disrespect the fuck out of each other, publicly embarrass and humiliate one another. We were both mentally, verbally, and physically abusive to one another where it became a pattern of who was going to be the first one to get revenge and who was going to be the one to do it worse. We had our breakups and makeups and made promises that would become broken and then the toxic cycle would continue and start all over again. I ignored his bad habits and he ignored mine. The quote, you can't build with someone who still craves attention from the village spoke to both of us. When we had ammo, we would unload like crazy and bring up everything that we said we would and could move on from. We always thought we could move on from these things, but once the foundation of a relationship is broken, there is no moving forward, there is no moving backward. You're just stuck. Not even if a baby was involved. I gave birth to Julian at 22 years old, and upon having him, we both agreed that this toxicity and the bullshit would stop if we were to bring a child into the world together. So we cut the bullshit and life was becoming great again. He was a very hands-on dad and he was great throughout my entire pregnancy. But again, like I always said, the trauma, pain, and hurt you don't fix will always pop up. And it did over and over again. No matter how much we tried, it just wasn't meant to be. We were three weeks shy from what would have been our 10-year anniversary. And instead of crossing that milestone, it finally crossed us. It never happened. Instead, I was left. My family slipped through my fingers and I couldn't do anything but watch. I was left for another woman who I knew and was nothing like me. Today, I thought I knew what I was going to talk about 100% as I read over my rough draft for the podcast. But today, I felt like something was missing. I called my mom. 
to ask her a simple question. But then it became that she was in the situation that I was in once before. Now that I'm old enough to talk to her about certain things, we did. I remembered bits and pieces of my childhood, and my mom and sister clarified that today. My mom came from St. Lucia to Canada on April 6, 1986. She worked her way up as a healthcare aide, then upgraded to a PSW. What she really wanted to do was become a registered nurse. That was her passion, but it never happened. She met my dad from a coworker who was also from St. Lucia who wanted to try and play matchmaker. It was definitely not love at first sight, according to her, but they started to talk and get to know one another. They finally went out on their first date to the movies. They watched Fatal Attraction with Glenn Close and Michael Douglas. I laughed on the phone because till this day, I don't ever remember my parents going out together to watch a movie at the theater, nor even having a date night. After some time, they moved in together, got married, and have me. Out of my siblings' fathers, she chose mine to marry. I wish she never had met him, though. All the crap that he had put her through that I have learned today, I always knew about some of it, but not all of it. But then, I wouldn't be here today. So with that being said, she took the bad with the good. My mom said things were great in the beginning. So I asked her, when did the fuckery start? When did he start acting a fool? The bits and pieces of my memory. I could only remember my mom and dad yelling at one another or him being at work or never home. She said to me, the problems are always there, but I ignored it. As women, (laughs) I know a thing or two about that. We tend to ignore the bad actions and choices of our spouses because we believe they could change. We see potential. We want to believe that they love us and care for us and they would never hurt us. But one thing's for sure, you cannot go into any situation with expectations. You will end up disappointed every single time. Then she uttered the words I thought she was going to say, and she did. I thought he would change, my mom said when I asked her why she stayed. He was unsupportive of her going to nursing school, and he didn't want to watch me while she was going through to school. So she had to leave. He wanted to be young and hang with the boys and play dominoes and drink. I remember hiding his shoes as a young girl so he would stay home with us. I also remember hiding his keys so he wouldn't be able to go out. But when there's a will, there's a way. He always found a way. He was a serial cheater. His mom died while giving birth to him in Jamaica. I always wondered if that the lack of a mother's love is what made him make these awful decisions. I remember my mother being upset because women would call her house phone asking him, asking for him. And my mom was left to pick up the phone. These women had the audacity, though. The one thing I still don't understand. Women will see a man with his family and want that. Want that was not theirs. It's also the man's, man's job to fend that overall, though. But my dad was reckless. You know what they say about Caribbean men but I feel like it was all men in general. Today, talking to my mom released Pandora's box. I could tell you that for sure. These women would call her house just to cuss off my mom and tell my mom that they were fucking my dad. My mom had tough skin though. She was always thick skinned and had her head on straight. The only time I've ever seen this woman cry out of the almost 30 years of my life was when her her father passed away, my grandpa. 
But when it came to my dad, she never cried. She fought back and defended herself, held her own. My mom told me a story that after she had given birth to me a couple of weeks later, she went for a checkup to the doctors and left me with my dad in the car. <sighs> this story is crazy, y'all. <laughs> she said that when she came back out, she saw my dad talking to a woman. So she grabbed my car seat and put it in the back of the car and thought nothing of it. She thought it was an old friend. Later that night, a woman called from a shelter asking for him. Could you believe this man had the fucking audacity to say that he was a single dad who was looking for a mother for his baby while my mom was at the hospital getting a checkup? <laughs> yeah, let's just let's just have a, a moment of silence there to take that in. My mom was having a checkup after she gave birth to me and the fucker had the audacity to chop somebody and say he's looking for a mother for his child because he's a single dad. <laughs> That's pretty outlandish, but he did say that. So she called and started asking for my dad. And my mom was like, who is this? Today was the first time I have ever heard the story or my sister. <sighs> the funny thing is my mom was nothing compared to these women that he would always entertain. And it made me always wonder why men did the things that they did. But that's just that. He was one of those men who was always talking or entertaining a woman, no matter where he went. My dad's father called him out on his bullshit, though. But from the stories that I've heard today, my grandfather was no different. He would cheat and talk to other women, but they knew, the, they knew their place if that made sense. They would never call the house. But then I also found out today that my dad's stepmom had a registered gun in the States. So maybe that's why he wasn't ballsy enough to cross the line. But he still did. My mom would even said he would even entertain women in our building at the time. We lived all over the place growing up in Scarborough. So you might know my dad. Embarrassingly enough. <sighs> I remember a few times when I was younger, my dad had me around the women that he was cheating on my mom with. And I never told my mom because I believed him when he said that they were just work friends or colleagues, as he would say. But it wasn't even close. And today, I finally told my mom this after years. That was my fear. Another woman around my child. As much as I fought to put a stop to it, boundaries were crossed. Today, we are cordial because Julian is watching. He knows of her and he doesn't know of the past issues. I intend to keep it that way. But one day, he will have to know. He'll be curious. And if anyone knows Julian, you guys know he puts two and two, two, and two together and gets 57. You know what I'm saying? He's that kind of kid. But I always said to myself, it's better the devil you know than the devil you don't. For some reason, I was always introduced to the dirty women that my dad would talk to. I saw, though, pieces of me, pieces of my mother in me. She was strong. Raised four kids by herself and never missed a day of work. Even though my dad had a car, she wasn't the type of woman to depend on him at all, even before their issues. It finally ended for them, though. A couple of months, my siblings and I moved from another building to another building, and my mom was at work. I was at home with my sibling, and we heard a knock on the door. A package came, and my sibling signed it and collected the package. When my mom came home from work, do you guys want to know what it was? 
It was divorce papers. She asked my sister, why did you even sign for it? You're not supposed to. You're underage. But what was done was done. Then my dad had the nerve to say that he was just joking. But my mom was done and she had her breaking point. So she signed where she needed to sign. And the result of this was her going to court to get a divorce on her birthday. Most people want to turn the fuck up for their birthday, but this wasn't the case. It was a different case in court. <sighs> but the pain and the misery that she had gone through was gone. And the relief took over. It took my mom quite a while to date. She told me today that she was traumatized and terrified to date. But I'm so happy that she didn't give up. Today she's with a really great guy who's very sweet to her. And she's happier than she could have, have ever been. But one thing about my mom, she'll keep her independence. <laughs> That's one thing you can never take away from that woman. With all the pain and the hurt and the embarrassment that she went through, she rose above it just like I did. But it did take a while. I haven't talked to my dad since high school graduation. And even after I had Julian, he never reached out. But again, I am okay with that decision. My mom and I had a falling out, but she's one of the strongest women that I know thus far. History does have a way of repeating itself. And when you don't fix within you, it could affect your children as well. That is why I'm so big on healing and moving on and forgiving those who have hurt you because they have also come from a place of hurt as well. So with all of this, I also have to take in the fact that I was now going to be a single mother, a single black mother to be exact, because the world stereotypes, let's be real, as much as we want to turn a blind eye, a single black mother is not really something that you want to be proud of but I am proud of it now because I I got my own with everything that's happened to me why can't I face the world but with that I wasn't thinking about myself I was sad but even more saddened that my son would have to grow up in a broken home I felt like a failure I felt like a loser and I didn't know where to start I was ashamed and embarrassed I begged and pleaded and I would never beg and plead for no man again. Nobody. Only my son. But there's even a possibility, too, that shit could always go left. That's why I'm always, always, always cheering for him in his corner. <laughs> but one thing I learned about the begging and pleading is when a man doesn't want you anymore, there's nothing you can do about it. And it did take me a while to deal with that. <sighs> for 10 years, that was all I knew. Fast forward to almost five years later, we're not the best, but we put our differences aside for our child. We're on good terms now because our main focus is to raise our son for him to have a childhood where he has both sets of family involved in his life. You see, when you have kids, you have to think that there might be a possibility that it may not work out between you and your spouse. In this situation, I had to be the bigger person in a lot of scenarios. I didn't understand why God was testing me. I kept thinking, why me? Why am I dealing with this right now? What is going on? Little did I know, the storm, came out of, the storm that came out of this wasn't to destroy me. It was to make me stronger. My sister and I always joke around. For some reason, she calls me She-Hulk. That's one strong bitch. So I guess that's me. <laughs> I don't know if that was a compliment, but I'm going to take it as one. You know, but... I feel like because of this lesson, I can never hate my ex. He opened my eyes widely to see, as ugly as it was. Most of my life's lessons came from our story. Many women took their lives when they were in this situation or abandoned their kids. 
Most people gave up on themselves or didn't make it alive. But you can. I did. I'm the happiest person today because what you may think you needed back then, God has other plans. And you got to understand that nothing in life is permanent. You can't always depend on people. You can't always go into situations thinking that it's going to be nice and peachy. The big lesson I learned from this is don't have expectations ever because you will end up disappointed every single time. What's for you will work out and what's for you won't. Our main purpose in this relationship was to create another being. Julian knows and will always know that his parents love him. After all the mess that 2016 threw at me, there was more. But you guys will find out on the next episode of Elevate. Tune in.